Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. It is February 15th, 2023, and this is Q&A number 144. I'd like to welcome new members, Kim and Michaela from Pennsylvania, and members that went to my clinic this last weekend, Monica, Melina, Kendall, Mel, Hunter, and Dakota. Uh, this week, I'd like to get into our topic, Heart and Soul, my 30 years of experience at horse training and hoping that it helps you, but I'm going to go through the Q&A that came in last week first. But before I do, I want to share a quick story with all of you. Uh, here in Florida, MBHA State Finals is next month, and I know a lot of my group members for my uh, virtual coaching group are getting geared up for state. Some of you just got back from Perry, Georgia. Um, the thing I want you to remember, if you've been with me since the beginning of the year, you know I told everyone to pick their word for the year or their slogan for the year. And for the group, I picked believe. And the reason I chose believe is because it's so important that you stay positive and trust the process and believe in you and your horse. But not only that, while you're doing the work, there's going to be ups and downs, but you still need to stay focused and focus on the, the positive parts of it. And so I want to share a little story with you. Um, way back when, when I was riding for FloridaBarrelHorses.com, I would do barrel racer bios and bios, and I would also do um, uh, Tina's training tips. So I'd do an article on training every month, and then I'd do an article once a month on a barrel racer that was maybe dominating around Florida or Southeast area. So this one year at state, the, the state champion that won it, I went ahead and interviewed her. She ended up winning the finals. And, and Florida state finals is not easy. About 900 people were entering back then, and about 250 would make the short go. And this particular lady um, had gone for years, had never won the 1D there, uh, or even placed in the 1D there. The horse that she took there, let me back up a little bit. About a couple weeks even before the state final, she would go to bed every night and dream and visualize herself winning the 1D state championship, winning the 1D saddle, winning the finals. So she'd go to sleep every night thinking that of her and her horse. So when they got there, now mind you, she would win 1D at other events, but just not at this, this level of an event. You know, she'd win at super shows and districts and stuff, but but mostly 2D. So when she gets to state finals, she's, um, and a lot of, a lot of people know what that's like. You can be 1D in some events and 2D in other events, because it just, if your horse likes the pin or the sheer level competition or number of horses, etc. So she gets to state, she qualifies back in the 2D. And, um, when she makes her run, you know, we, when we run our finals, it's the slowest to the fastest. So the 4D horses go, the 3D horses, then the 2D, and then the 1D. So she makes her run, and it's the new time to beat. And um, so she's on cloud nine. And then she's got to now wait for the rest of the 2D horses and all of the 1D horses that qualified. And there's probably a good 30 of each that have to go. And um, and she's, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting until finally the last 1D horse runs. And if anybody's ever been to state finals, the last 10 horses is exciting. Um they play a lot of ACDC black and black or back in black. And, you know, it gets really intense music and the crowd gets really loud, stomping their feet and clapping. And the horses are intense. The riders are intense. 
you know, the last 10 horses are just flat exciting. So here she is qualified in the 2D. Um, so she ran a long time before, but now has the winning times of the 1D right now. So finally, the last horse runs and she's still the champion. So sure enough, she won the 1D state champion title. She won the uh, saddle, etc. Her dream came true. And so the reason I want you to tell you, tell you that is because a lot of times we have a lot of self-doubt, you know, that um, imposter syndrome, like, you know, people feel like, oh, well, I haven't been to the NFR. Or I haven't won a pro rodeo circuit. Um, I haven't won a big super show. Maybe I've placed there. Maybe I've had the run of my life and it was in the cracks, you know, and people just get where they don't believe in themselves or, or they think, well, uh, someone else would jockey my horse better than me or a trainer rides better than I do or, or whatever. And, and you put in self-doubt but this person didn't. She believed in herself. She manifested it every night when she went to sleep. And then she went there qualified in the 2D and still went into the finals going for the 1D win. And she did it. She won. Other people hit barrels. Other people didn't run as fast or got by a barrel. And her time was a, a solid, beautiful 1D time. I mean, it wasn't like she didn't have an amazing time or it wasn't a good finals. It was. But those last 10 horses that you think, well, maybe they could be the one to bumper, you know, they either just didn't run fast enough or had, you know, a bobble or, or something like that happened. But it was amazing. And to this day, I, um, I like to share that story because I want people to have faith in themselves and, and, um, and believe that their dreams can come true. Uh, last Saturday, I had a clinic, uh, or yeah, this last Saturday and, um, and, you know, I always pray beforehand, you know, for a positive clinic that everybody arrives safely. And, and sadly, one horse was unable to make it and one other rider left after she got there not feeling well or something. And um, so it was kind of disappointing that way. But so it ended up, I take less riders now. I only take eight. So I get more one-on-one -on -one with everybody. I used to take 12 and I'd have to have two assistants to keep things going and um, help coach and blah, blah, blah. But now I like eight and I can spend more one-on-one -on -one time with everybody and spend time on more drills and barrels and, and, you know, with people. So, um, and it's all, I get more one-on-time -on -time with them too. And it lets me get to know them even more and just get more quality time together. So I guess what I'm trying to share is you just never know about that bond you'll have with a horse or a person. Um, if you watched the Kentucky Derby a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned about some of the horses getting hurt before, but there was also a, a special moment, the Cody's Wish horse, where the Cody ha, was a boy that had some uh, physical and mental disabilities, and he met this horse when it was a foal, this racehorse when it was a foal, and they immediately bonded. The foal put its head in his lap, and they just had a connection. You know, they said he, they both had hearts of champion, they never give up, and and it made the boy come very alive and made the parents super happy. So when they took him to the races and the horse won, um, you know, it had everybody choked up. And it's just a good story. So I guess that's what I want to share, too, is remember that girl that fell in love with horses, that girl that fell in love with barrel racing. And never forget that person. Because here's the thing with barrel racing. It's going to be filled with ups and downs. But you can't just focus on winning, 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 because you will flip-flop sometimes. 1D, 2D, 2D, 3D, 1D, 3D, 4D, 5D. You know, it just happens. It's barrel racing. Um, 
it just, you know, sometimes you don't have the run you expect or, or things just don't go as planned. But the key is to keep working on your foundation, keep working on your um, knowing, being able to come out and know what you did wrong, being able to enter and know what you need to get done and make adjustments. And that's what my job as a coach is to help people. It's not a, a one month thing. It's years. I've got clients that I've been coaching for 10 years. And then there comes a time where they don't need me anymore and they move on or they're trainers now or coaches now, or they're just on their own doing their thing. And, um, you know, every once in a while, they'll send me a video of a horse that they might need help with, that, that they, you know, or, or just for a tune up or something. But but it's nice to have had clients that, you know, stayed with you for years and you watched them progress from, you know, not having a horse with good foundations or not having good rider's basics. And then finally seeing them, you know, have it going on and being one of the tough hands out there. So it's exciting um, for me as a coach to watch that progress. Um, so anyways, before I get into the Q&A, I did want to mention um, anybody in the group that sends me a video to review, um, usually most of the videos are going to get done on Monday and Tuesday. It's usually going to be um, 24 to 48 hour turnaround time if it comes in um, during the week. But it could be two or three days if it comes in on the weekend, depending on how crowded the weekend is with clinics and lessons and all of that and how many videos come in. Because obviously the most videos come in on the weekend. So, um, and like I said, I'm, I'm trying to take one weekend day off for myself now. Um, just mental time to spend doing something, you know, for me. And then, um, and then I do work six days a week though. Um, but I do take that one day off a, a week for me. So, so anyways, um, if you, when you send me your videos, please let me know if you want it private or share in the group. If you prefer it private, that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You have your coach now space when you signed up that I got your email and you can log in there and see all your videos. You'll even when you're not in the group, that'll always be your space. Um, you know, you can't add to it or anything, but you'll definitely be able to refer back to all your old videos there. Um, but as far as uh, what I wanted to share is you know, that will always be your private space. Um, and if you do want to share your videos in the group for us to celebrate with you or for the other riders to learn from your runs, that's awesome too. But again, um, it's whatever you prefer. Just make sure when you send me your video, you let me know the name of the arena, the name of the horse, if you ride more than one, the winning time, your time, any concerns, and whether you want it private or share or anything else you think I should know. Um, because I do get a lot of videos, it's good to have some feedback so I know, you know, what the fast time was, what your time was, and that kind of lets me have an idea of, you know, where we need to be with our goals and all of that. So, because obviously arenas change too, like sometimes they're wetter and faster and sometimes they're drier and slower and, you know, it can vary. So, um, so anyways, uh, I, I also put in the video, some new videos in the group last week, one on hoof care, um, the products I use for white line disease or thrush. Another one on um, <clears throat> what kind of uh, halter I like to do my groundwork with. Another short video on using a balance pole for lunging your horses to keep them um, thinking about picking up their feet. Uh, another video on the four barrel drill and the D pattern. So, um, so pay attention in the group. There's always going to be new training videos. Don't forget to go to the members only page. Um, everything's organized by topic there. How to train a barrel horse, dry work, drills. Um, anything and everything you could want there is there. 
and it's organized by topic so you can just scroll down to find the topic that you want you know everything cult starting groundwork it's all there so uh let's see here also if you would like a video i'm at 12 weeks now thank god thank goodness and i'm doing well so i'm i'm the doctor uh, said i can start to ride now so my goal is to get back on rocky this week so i'm excited nervous everything at once but my, my hip feels strong. I feel good. I did two clinics with no pain. I can't tell you how awesome that is. So I'm excited about that. So um, so I'll be making new videos for the group very soon too. So if there's anything specific question you have and you'd like me to demo a video, please let me know and I'll try to do it. Rocky and I will be a little rusty in the beginning, but hopefully we can get it done. So I'm going to go right into the Q&A before the topic. And um like I mentioned before, the topic heart and soul, I'm going to put my heart into every, every single one of you, every single one of you that asked me to give you an opinion or review your videos, you will get 100% of my heart, but my soul belongs to me and God. And that is the one place I've had to learn to separate. You have to have a little bit of privacy, a little bit of your space, um, you know, and, and that, that space, you know, that, that soul part, you know, that's between you and God. And um, I think that's something that I learned with age and I wanted to share with you because it's easy when you're passionate about what you do to put all of you in it and and then you have expectations and when you get disappointed, you'll crash and burn. So I found that there has to be a fine line where I keep my joy and my passion for helping others and give it 100%, but also know that I have to have some space that's my space. And I think... Um, and I think just praying to God about it has taught me that. So so if I can share that with you on anything in your life, whether it be your family, your career, your your hobby, your passion, your your goals with barrel racing, just keep that in mind as well. So the first question that came in was about bad luck. Um, they said, <clears throat> you know, how do you not get discouraged when you feel like you're just having a ton of bad luck? Um, you know, I'll share an example with you on that um bad things are going to happen you know just like the horse that couldn't come to the clinic because the situation you know and and I'm, i reached out to that person the two people that you know weren't able to come and offered some help and and suggestions and such afterwards but an example is way back when when i was rodeo and i was going to pro rodeos and the diesel was really expensive then it's kind of like it is now it was like four dollars a gallon so me and three other ladies we went to hamilton georgia it's a six hour drive we split the fuel four ways so there was it was a three-day rodeo friday saturday sunday well we drew up saturday um so so anyways um it was the saturday performance we drew up and friday they had an awesome run so on our way to georgia one of the other rodeo girls you know messaged me and asked me hey what are you guys doing how do you guys do blah blah well, they got awesome ground the fast the pin was fast they all clocked amazing and we we're like well we're heading that way and when we get there it's like lightning and storming the arena's underwater the parking's a muddy mess and um we spent the night there you know with our horses and um it was just a mess and uh it was it was really bad and um the ground was super slow and we weren't even sure if it was safe so here you've got this long drive you made this huge entry fee for rodeos are always you know 80 100 bucks whatever in entry fee and then the fuel and time six hour drive one way for one rodeo um it's like you're really bummed but 
you don't want to hurt your horse either. You know, you've got, you brought, we each brought one horse. It's a four horse trailer. So you're like, well, all we can do is, you know, just be smart and let our horses, you know, fill the ground and do what they think they need to do. So that's what each of us did. And our second, our times were about a second slower than the night before. So it was really a wash, you know, because the most it paid out was, I think, three or four tenths. So it was disappointing, but that's bad luck. You know, you, you can't control Mother Nature. So, you know, we could have been pissy about it, but instead we just enjoyed each other's company. We thought of it as it was a good seasoning thing for our horses. Um, you know, we had gotten a flat on the way out. It was just one of them rodeos that kind of sucked. You know, it was like, well, this kind of sucks. We got a flat flat we got lightning we have to they even had to postpone the rodeo all the people in the stands the spectators had to go sit in their vehicles it wasn't safe and um you know it was just a mess and you know it just it was just a mess so but we you know we tried to keep a good attitude just enjoy each other's company like i said think of it as seasoning for our horses and you know we didn't none of our horses got hurt we were smart about it and just kind of left it at that so um the next one um next question is about uh, at the clinic it was brought up to me um how many how often should you practice and how many sets should you do and me personally i do things in sets of three i think horses learn the most that way now again i'm not going to necessarily walk three times unless it's a really green horse or a really hot horse but i might walk it once and then i might post trot sit jog it three times I feel a horse learns the most at a trot and you can, you know, work on transitions of a go cue and a rate cue. I also feel like um, at a trot, you're able to uh, get more accomplished. The horse doesn't get so slow that they're not walking and getting bored, but it's not like loping where they're getting exhausted and or maybe hot that kind of thing. So, um, but I will do two or three lopes if necessary, but I'll quit on a, a good one. If they do it perfect the first time, I may quit. I might quit on the second one and I'll do both directions, of course. Um, the next question was about, a writer said she wears glasses to, um, a member in the group says she wears glasses to, to drive and to work and she hasn't been using them in competition and she was wondering if it might help her because she's been either going by barrels or hitting barrels and I'm, I would think definitely wear your glasses in competition and see what happens because it could certainly affect your judgment of your distance to the barrel or even just uh, your spots so for sure I think that would be a wise thing to do um, for sure I would do that uh, the next question came in about a, a horse that may have bled because of allergies um, and there are some natural options if you don't want to do Lasix. She said she can't do Lasix. Her horse had a bad reaction for four days. Um, number one, there's a product called Bev's Bleeder and Allergies. It's a liquid. You give them twice a day. Um, you shouldn't do it with food. You can give before and after you run as well. Um, you just syringe it in their mouth, preferably not when they're eating. Uh, number two, there's the nasal patch. I think they're called equine breathe rights or air rights. You can put on their nose. Um, you can buy a pack of those and put them on for each competition. Um, <clears throat> I use Breathe Essential Oil by doTERRA. I put that on their lung points and under their jawline and let them even breathe it through their nose before competition. There's a product called Yenin Bio Powder. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's really good. You mix it with water and syringe it in your horse before an hour or so before you run. It um, coagulates bleeding, so and it's also got a natural antiseptic to it. That would be a good option as well. Uh, let's see here. 
silver lining herbs some of those other you know companies out there have some natural herbs dynamite the company that i work with for the last 15 years products that i give my horses because my horses are mainly on hay i don't give them um, feed that's another thing too you don't want them to have tons of water hay or feed before they run but some is okay you know like a, a little bit of hay a little bit of water before they run it's fine i wouldn't just let them gorge on on any any of it especially like a big thing i don't feed feed but even when i was competing the most i'd give a horse is a quarter of a scoop if i had to give them a supplement but i've mostly fed o and a orchard and alfalfa hay throughout their whole career so um let's see here but in dynamite there's a product called hiscorbidine it's great for the lungs for um the blood the capillary re uh quality and, and texture you can also give them the concentrated trace minerals so all those are naturals um, of course, the vets have the Lasix, but you said your horse wasn't good with that. Um, there's Ventipolin, I believe it's called. That one can get horses kind of up on, on the muscle, but you can give them a smaller dose possibly, work with your vet. Um, I believe they have nebulizers with special medicines you can put in them too, just for like horses with COPD and such. And of course, some vets will even recommend Dex for like allergies um, or an anti-inflammatory. But again, you want to know the side effects on all of the above and when to give it and all of that. So you may want to consult your veterinarian about any of those. Um, <clears throat> the other one question was about I'm losing a half a second indoor versus outdoor. And you know, that's going to happen with some horses. If you're slowing down indoors, you just going to have to learn to ride a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more assertive. Um, if you're going by barrels outdoors, you're going to have to learn to back off a little early or bump your horse and say, whoa, a little sooner. And that'll, that should help that problem as well. You could even set up and practice the week before for what you've got coming up. If you're, you know, need to work barrels on a fence or if you need to work on rate for barrels out in the middle of the nowhere, that kind of thing, just kind of simulate the kind of pattern you're going to. It doesn't do much good to go run an outdoor arena if you're going to an indoor super show the next weekend because your timing is going to be completely off um, from one to the next. Let's see. The next question is about reading arenas, like going from Ocala to state. It's a big difference. Um, for me, that state arena is the hardest because at Florida State, because for me, the hardest arena to master is if it's a small pattern in a big arena versus if it's a small pattern in a small arena you just ride aggressive or if it's a huge pattern in a huge arena you can still ride aggressive because the horses are getting tired they're looking for that barrel but when you have a smaller pattern a big arena it, you you still need to rim those barrels but you still need to run and you you you're afraid you might override or underride and that to me is the hardest so give yourself some cut you know cut yourself some slack at state Remember, running and rimming is the name of the game, so don't override that you have wide turns because you won't clock like that either. And remember, smooth is fast, so try to just ride to your spots and drive when you should drive, but back off when you should back off because um, that's going to be key when you have a small pattern in a big arena and focus on your spots. That's the main thing you can do. Just be in the moment with your horse and, um, and you know, look at your spots and just know when to back off and when to drive. So. Um, Let's see. Let's see here. Uh, what's the best way uh, training with slow work to be 100% of the show or um, or compensation of pain? Hmm, not really sure what that one was mean. Okay, so uh, I guess maybe you're asking um, 
if you can overtrain and then they might be compensating and have pain at the show. I'm not really sure on that question what your, the question is. I'm going to have to go back and read that question again. I'll have to answer it next week, I guess. So there was a comment on, um, let's see here, the free, the free choice minerals I was talking about with dynamite. So that is something I do believe uh, is important, especially going into summer. Um, there is a, the minerals are separate from the salt. There's a, a pink salt that's a natural salt. That's great for when they're sweating and all of that. Um, they'll just take what they want. There's a black salt that's got a lot of trace minerals. Okay, so uh, let me see where I was going with that. Okay, so the minerals, those are like a calcium phosphorus mix. And with those, um, there's a two to one, a one to one. If you feed alfalfa, you're going to want the one to one. But if you feed grass hay, you may want the two to one. It'll have more calcium in it. So again, if you put out all four, the horse is going to get what they need based on the hay that you're feeding, the grass that they're eating. They're just going to kind of take what they want. That's why I like them so much. Um, there's four different ones and the horse can kind of just get what they need for their macros on their minerals. That doesn't include the amino acid uh, chelated minerals and vitamins. That comes in a different one ounce form, but... but um, um, I, I used to give that when I was competing. Um, my horses aren't needing that now with them just being pasture ornaments. But even then, I didn't feed the grain. I just gave that on some, you know, soaked hay pellets or cubes or something like that. So, okay, um, let me see here. Oh, let's see here. Oh, okay. Someone had asked about um, everywhere I go, people give me advice. And how do I know who I should listen to? So a really good way to know that is do you trust them and do you respect them? If you trust them and respect them, then maybe you should listen to it. Um, and then you also have to ask yourself, secondly, is this advice that could possibly help you? And why would they want to help you? Do they have a, a good reason to want to help you? Um, and, and, then, and then thirdly, if, if you don't think that you need it right now, just kind of pocket it and maybe you'll use it at a later date. That's a possibility too. So um, let's see here. That's what I would do if someone was offering you advice. And, and you know, it's it can be overwhelming if you listen to too many people. Your horse gets frustrated if you're constantly changing your training programs. It's like when you're at a trailer, you're trying to load a horse on your, you know, communication with cues and people are coming over and wanting to push them in for you or whip them in for you. Or maybe you're working on alleyway, getting them in through trust and respect on your own and people are wanting to lead you in or walk in with another horse, and you're like, no, I want to do this myself. So, you know, sometimes you just have to stand up for yourself and say, you know, I've got this, but thank you. You know, I'm working on something with my horse right now, and just kind of stand up for yourself. Um, or just say thank you and walk away. You don't have to take their advice. Um, let's see here. Mental game routine. Um, everybody's different. Some people can socialize to one drag out and get focused and and run and other people need to stay off by themselves and, and just get in their zone. Um, and so do what works best for you. The worst thing is to make a run and then afterwards be mad that you weren't more focused. So if talking to people rattles you and you can't stay focused for your run, get off by yourself. If being off by yourself, you get in your head too much, you know, maybe stay a little more lighthearted and visit with people and then one drag out, get focused. That the way you don't get on your horse too soon or get too nervous. So everybody has their own way of doing things. Um, 
our nervous they're having nerves um, or being excited before you run is that a bad thing no I don't think that's a bad thing at all um, I think being nervous or excited just means you want to do well and um, and I think you just have to learn how to exhale those nerves out and get yourself calm enough for your horse that your horse knows that everything's okay because if you're acting different at the competition than you do at home then or at a exhibition or something they could certainly um, you know, be like, okay, something's not right here. And then they could check out on you or give you alley issues and things like that. So for sure, I wouldn't, um, you know, I just try to keep yourself loose too. A lot of people need to relax, not just when they exhale, but they need to relax their hands on the reins, their body, their upper body, their legs, just make sure everything's nice and loose as you're approaching the alleyway and be in the moment. Um, Otherwise, your horse might think that you're scared and, you know, and, and then they might be reactive and and um, and all of that. And that won't be good for anybody. So uh, let's see here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and spend a few minutes just on a couple tips for you guys. Um, what I've learned over the few years, um, just kind of things that come to mind uh, that over a while. Uh, when I was a little kid, tying your horse with the bit, that's a bad one. Um, I tied my horse to the garage door once with her bit in her mouth and she broke her reins and head stall, but it could have been a lot worse. She, you know, she bent the garage door. She could have hurt her mouth permanently. So don't tie your horse unsafely. Don't tie him to porta panels. Don't tie him dangerously. Just be careful how you tie your horse. Um, I remember I was trying to teach a horse back in Colorado early days and I saw an inner tube, tie your horse to an inner tube, teach them to give and take. Well, that's only good if the inner tube doesn't break because then you got an inner tube chasing a horse. And if they're scared of that, they're going to go through every fence until it stops chasing them. And that doesn't end well either. So remember to keep certain principles and theories that they can't get hurt, you can't get hurt, and they end calmer than they begin. And believe you me, I learned things the hard way when I was a kid. So I didn't have anybody teaching me. So I, other than what I read and watched, I just learned as I went. And so I just try to save people those disasters. So if there's any chance your horse could have a bad reaction, don't do it. Um, another thing is don't run if you think your horse is sore, um, you know, or they have any swelling or anything like that. Because if there's even a chance that, you know, if you think they're off and someone says, oh, just butte them or give them Prevacox and enter them. You know, don't don't listen to everybody because you could, you know, do something that could sideline your horse for months or a year or, or permanently. So I'd just rather turn out and donate an entry fee than risk hurting my horse. So we've all been in that situation and had to make that call. So always put your horse first. Another thing I want to mention is if your horse starts having alley issues, um, think about how many runs are you making? Um is it possible that their back is getting sore because their hocks got sore? You know, it can be the hocks causing the back to get sore and then the horse to get the alleyway. There can be a lot of things going on that cause that. So, so be sure to pay attention to limit your runs. Um, you know, it just, just watch your horse. Not all horses have the mind to go every weekend or multiple runs in a weekend. Not all of them can handle that. Also, the next thing is no hoof, no horse. Don't be cheap about your farrier. Pick the best farrier with the best recommendations you can find because if your horse's feet are not balanced, it's going to cause you more heartache than anything. So um, 
definitely pay attention to that. And, um, you know, that's really important to do as well. Uh, remember, this is really important too, that there is a time to train horses. There's a time to enter when you're in your prime. And then there's going to be a time that these horses need to slow down and retire, just like people. So when your horse is in the prime, you know, that's the time you should be going and hauling and all of that. Um, by all means, do it, you know. But, but again, there's only so many gumballs in the gumball machine before you run out, just like people. Eventually, the horses will break down. Some have better genetics than others, and some don't. But, but um, you should have a plan also for your horses, you know, if you're... Um, if you like me and you keep them for life, you need to have that idea too of what that looks like when they retire and what that's going to cost. And, you know, and I see a lot of people breeding and breeding and buying and buying, but are you always going to be able to keep that many horses? And where are those horses going to get end up? Are they going to have good homes? Are you going to have to buy every one of them back so they're not abused or starved to death or, you know, have to worry where they end up? You know, I think you need to have these kind of plans. I don't understand why people just breed and breed without really having a good plan for where these horses end up. So um, I think that's important as well. And when you breed, it should be a proven mare that's got good soundness to them or a proven stallion, you know, that's got, you know, mind and, and confirmation and things too. So these are all things you want to, not just because, you know, I mean, you want you want to breed something good. You don't want to breed junk, you know. Um that's the other thing too um not that any horse is junk but i guess if you know if they're crippled or they're crazy why would you want to breed that if it's if it's genetic if it's man-made that's a different deal but if it's genetic you may want to stay away from that so um i do think it's important to have goals i think you should have a spiritual goal that keeps you close to god and gives you peace i think you should have a mental goal um where you wake up happy and and enjoying your life and if the barrel racing doesn't bring you joy you should reevaluate your goals um if your circle doesn't bring you joy you should reevaluate your circle of you know who you hang out with and do things with all of that um and you know three i think a physical is important too that you should be in shape and your horse to be able to compete at your best level i think that's important as well um, financially, I think it's important to, you know, set a budget so that you compete within your means and you're still saving for things that come up with horses, which they always do, um, vet bills and things like that, um, truck, truck breakdown or this or that, you know, things happen. Um, and then also, you know, your future live for today, but kind of try to have a little bit of a plan for down the road. So, um, those are just things that, um, you know, I, I would like to offer on a big level, but little things, belt buckle. I don't like to wear a belt in competition. I've had it get stuck over my horn, horn and distract me in a run and make it where, uh, you know, it probably cost me a, a good run or a bra. And now I wear sports bras only, not the bras that can get caught up over your horn. I like to wear rubber bands on my stirrups. I don't like, and I don't like to lose a, um, a boot, a foot, a stirrup in a run. Um, you know, they'll break if something happens, but if you tuck your foot in and turn because you're tight on the turn, you won't lose that stirrup so easily. Um, and you know, the thing that really gets you is like over the years, your very best runs ever. Don't you know that's the one that you're not going to have a video of? I can think of so many runs that were my favorite runs that no one videotaped. 
or they missed it or messed it up. And you get so disappointed when you find out they didn't get it, but it is what it is. So I guess those are the memories you just have to hold into your mind, um, you know, and, and, and go from there. So, um, you know, that's kind of how <laughs> that kind of goes. But, um, the other thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, the better the basics, um, the biggest thing I've seen in 30 years is the better the basics on the horse, the more consistent you're going to be in competition. So, you know, if you've got stiff horses, take the time to fix what they need fixed on the front side, because you're going to develop a better horse quicker than if you have to go back and fix it later. So it, you shouldn't be thinking bigger bits and bigger tie downs. You should be thinking, um, you know, more knowledge, more basics, more foundation, um, more slow work on the front side. You know, those are more important to me. The other thing is vet exams. You know, I know it's expensive to have horses and it's expensive barrel race, but if you can go to every barrel race every weekend, take the time to get these horses with a sports medicine vet, not your farm vet who does your Coggins and your your um, health certificates or your Coggins and your shots or anything or whatever. Do a sports medicine vet in a hospital where they do flex testing. They watch them move on hard ground and soft ground and circles and straight lines and they can block their feet and take x-rays or ultrasound if they need to. You know, a, a, an experienced sports medicine vet, not just your, it's like us. You have a, your general practitioner and then you have your doctors who are specialty doctors. Um, you know, you'd want to go to a specialty doctor. If you have a leg problem, go to a leg doctor, a leg vet, you know. Um, the other thing is not pushing them too soon. I've seen that happen so much. Push, push them too soon can be taken to big venues that they're not ready for. Um, it can cause them to break pattern or be scared or maybe going and pushing them too fast on the pattern, you know, not spend enough time trotting the pattern and really getting a horse solid before you're loping the barrels or before you're entering. I see that way too much and that breaks my heart. Um, you know, those are things. The other thing I see is people put a lot of personal limitations or personal insecurities on their self, and that can certainly cause an issue. Um, so your words matter. You know, this month we want to be focused and confident. So goals um, are really important. Set realistic goals. Fix one thing at a time. Work on one thing at a time instead of a huge expectation. Focus on your thoughts. Don't let them self-sabotage you. And um, don't let them get in your way. Watch your body language. Are you confident? Um, because confidence is going to be what helps you be successful. The choice is yours, what you think. So if you find yourself getting stressed, take a breath and breathe about it, relax, and then and then just make sure that you get your head straight and say positive things. Don't limit yourself. And um, I'm going to finish with this song. I love this song. You got to believe in you. You got to have faith in all you do. You got to stay strong no matter what comes your way. Get on your knees so you won't fade. Have dreams inside. See them through. Listen to your heart. Focus on your mind. Leave the past behind. Hard work will see you through. It's what you got to do. Give it your all. Focus on the prize. Dreams will be realized. No matter what people say, keep going. 
anyway. So you got to believe in you. I'm going to leave it with that. And thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, ride with heart and God bless.